Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I am uh, glad you're with me this week, and I really hope that uh, you are having a, a great... Just a, I hope you've had a good week. Um, we are into week, I don't know, 1,452,000th of the stay-at-home order here in Michigan. Uh, days have lost uh, sense of meaning, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, shoot, uh, it was it was even hard to know what day today was. Um, so uh, anyway, yeah, really glad, really glad to have you with me on the Love Well podcast this week. We are uh, continuing to press forward in our parenting principles episodes. Uh, hopefully, this little bit of normalcy uh, is helpful for you, um, and uh, you know that uh, that maybe maybe grabbing a podcast like this where we're not just talking about uh, coronavirus and that kind of stuff. Uh, oh, maybe it's a it's a nice break from the norm. So. If it is, uh, I'd encourage you to please, uh, you know, share this with your friends, share this with uh, other people that uh, that you think might be might be encouraged by this, and uh, you can just really easily point them to uh, DanielMrose.com, and uh, that's that's where they can find they can find what I write, they can find what I record. Uh, if you are, um, you know, if you're somebody who's more into the uh, reading thing, uh, boy, there's there's plenty to read there, and uh, and as always, please consider subscribing uh, at the website. It's free. You just drop your email address in there, and uh, and you will get uh, all my posts right in your inbox. And uh, I don't I don't post more than six times a week, uh, and uh, usually it's usually it's Monday through Saturday, and uh, on Saturdays. Um, you know, you get a what I call the Love Well Rundown, uh, where I just kind of share a bunch of good stories from the week that will hopefully make you smile, hopefully make you see uh, how people are are loving well in the midst of um, of all this. So uh, that's that's what's up uh, Tuesday nights. Uh, I host something called Doubt on Tap with my friend Mike. We do that via Zoom. And uh, you can get that information uh, at doubt on tap or doubt on tap at facebook.com slash simple theologian. And uh, yeah, it's in an event there every week. Uh, you just head to the details and you will find the Zoom info. And you are also welcome to join us uh, for missional community Sunday nights at seven o'clock. Um, and uh, you can find that information at acts13.net. Uh, just click on the calendar. And all the info is right there. And uh, I hope hope to see you. Hope to see you soon. And uh, if you would love to just chat or connect or whatever, uh, feel free to do so. Um, you know, uh, in any way you want. Uh, hit me up on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Pastor Dan Rose, uh, Twitter at uh, Daniel M Rose, uh, or you know, the best way, honestly, to get a hold of me is is to shoot me a message on Telegram. And you can connect with me there, t.me slash Daniel M. Rose. And I look forward to, I look forward to, to chatting with you soon. Um, but uh, yeah, let's, let's get, on, get on with it, shall we? Uh, the principle this week 
is don't make excuses. Don't make excuses. And I think one of the biggest traps that we fall into as parents is the trap of making excuses for our kids. Uh, my mom was a teacher for decades, and during her time as a teacher, she saw, she saw, <laughs> I can't talk, she saw a shift occur from parents holding their children responsible for their actions to blaming the teacher. Now, this shift is very damaging. Why? Well, if we don't hold our children responsible for their actions, we are stunting their growth into adulthood. Um, you know, the, the, the pouring on of helicopter parents and now what they call lawnmower parents, people who, who clear the way before their children so their kids don't have to, um, you know, don't have to go through any pain or hardship to, to accomplish their goals, um, has really set back, uh, you know, the kind of the, the maturing of, of kids uh, into, into adulthood. And uh, we, we have damaged uh, the last couple generations of kids in, in pretty significant ways as a result of this. Um, and over the years of, of my son and daughter participating in sports, you know, I've made my share of excuses for my kids. Uh, like when, you know, when they didn't perform well, right? Oh, they were tired. They were sick. The official was garbage. You know, I've used, used every, every excuse. And as I look back on that, you know, I regret that. I regret making excuses for, for them. You know, when you love someone, you want them to succeed and you want to defend them against those who speak negatively. Uh, you just do. And I've grown as a parent in this area, I think, over the years. I've gotten better at it. And I'm finding myself able to say, yeah, he had a bad game today. Yeah, she didn't perform as well as, as she would have liked. Now, that's, those are really hard things to say. And, uh, and when we look at our kids, we see them through the lens of a parent. We don't see them through the lens of a coach or a spectator or even a friend. Uh, we, we see them as, as parents see their kids. And so we, we want to protect, defend, watch out for them in any way we possibly can. Now, I've written elsewhere about not trying, uh, about not tying our identity to our kids, right? And uh, when we make excuses for them, it's rooted in our over-identification with them. We, we too closely align our sense of being with who they are. And, uh, and that's, that's problematic. And so, um, you know, as a result, uh, we, we feel attacked uh, by those who are critiquing our kids, even if they are right. Why? Because in our minds, they're, they're not critiquing our kids, they're critiquing us. But the reality is, is they're not, you know, they're, they're not. Why, why should we feel attacked? And why do we feel the need to make excuses for our kids? Um, when, you know, when people are, when people are attacking them or, or, or critiquing them, and it's because our identity is overly connected with our kids and their performances or obedience. It's, 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 it's as though they're critiquing us 
And so in a sense, we're not even seeking to defend our kids. We're seeking to defend ourselves. Now, my rival growing up as a kid, um, you know, he was, he was one of those kids whose mom never believed her little baby ever did anything wrong. Uh, as a result, he was mean and nasty whenever he felt like it. And, you know, for someone, for another adult to say, I will call your mother, held no sway because he knew she would believe him and not anyone else. All he had to say was, I didn't do it. And that was that. It drove my own mom just absolutely crazy because she held my brothers and I accountable for our actions. It didn't matter the circumstance. Did you know what the right thing to do was? Then why didn't you do it? She would often ask. That was kind of her, that was kind of her question for us, right? Um, and it was, and it was something that, that we had to, we had to know how we were going to answer. Um, too often we, we didn't have a good answer <laughs> for when we were doing something stupid. <laughs> so um, she never made excuses for us. Now, when we make excuses for uh, the children entrusted to us, we are undercutting their sense of righteousness and judge injustice. And it becomes very difficult for them to understand and know what right and wrong looks like if we do not help them learn those things. Uh, this will often come about from holding them accountable uh, you know, for their actions. Uh, we, we have to hold them accountable for their actions. If we don't, then they are not going to understand right and wrong. They are not going to understand uh, what righteousness and justice looks like. Because they will think everything is on a sliding scale and what is good for me is what is right. And when you have an entire generation or two generations of people that think that way, you, you, you begin to fall down a hole. Um, you know, the other thing, another thing that happens is when we make excuses, it also limits their ability to reach their potential, whatever it is they're doing. See, I was a, I was a teacher's pet in school. I was a nice boy and pretty obedient. As a result, most of my teachers gave me a pass. I was able to skate through my education with great grades and little effort. Two teachers stand out though. The first was Mrs. Kramer. I think I was in fifth grade uh, and we had an assignment to edit a page of text. I was missing one of the errors and she made me stay after school until I found it. It was a walker and when I didn't arrive home at my usual time, my mom came up to school. She found me angry, frustrated, and in tears hunched over a paper. Her response? She thanked Mrs. Kramer. Yep. Not defended me, not stood, you know, not, not got in Mrs. Kramer's face. Nope. She thanked her for pushing me to do it right and to not give me a pass. And then in 10th grade, I received my first ever non-A. I didn't get a B. I got a C in English. That's one of my strongest, um, yeah, that's one of my strongest subjects. Uh, so I got a C in English. And when we went to parent-teacher conferences, my teacher, Ms. Feldman, thought for sure my mom was about to rip her a new one. What did my mom do? She thanked Ms. Feldman for holding me to a standard that fit my abilities. I credit Ms. Feldman to this day with the fact that I'm a half way decent writer. Uh, you may disagree after reading some of my stuff that maybe I'm not that good, um, but I, I think I'm all right. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm okay. Um, 
but I wouldn't be halfway as good a writer as I am today if it wasn't for Miss Feldman and how she held me to a very high standard and really, really pushed me. Um, and, uh, and my mom supported it, you know, supported her because she made no excuses for us. You see, if we want the children entrusted to us to reach their full potential, we must hold them accountable and not make excuses. Each of them will have different abilities and strengths and gifts. Our job is not to push them into something, but to help them pursue and accomplish the things that they have said they want to do. That's important. That's an important distinction, right? We're not pushing them into something we want them to do. No, we are holding them accountable and we are trying to help them accomplish the goals that they have set for themselves. So if they have a goal that they set for themselves, like play a sport in college or get into a particular university or pick it, whatever, whatever, right? Make a certain team at high school, um, get a certain grade point average, uh, you know, become first chair in, in, in band or symphony, uh, anything along those lines. If that's a goal that they have set, then we have a responsibility to hold them accountable to do the things that they need to do to accomplish those goals. Um, so, you know, this is, and sometimes it requires hard conversations, um, you know, where we have to say, hey, you're not doing it. You're not doing what you need to do. They don't get first chair. They don't make the team. Uh, whatever it might be, you're, sometimes we have to have that tough conversation. You're not doing what you need to do to accomplish your goal. There are other times, though, when they are giving all of their effort, when they are giving everything they have, and they're still experiencing failure, where we have to come alongside and say, did you do everything you could? Yes, I am proud of you. I am so proud of you. So there's this, this give and take. There's this balance here, right? Now, along with not making excuses for our kids, we have to avoid making excuses for ourselves. Because uh, there are times when we're not going to be good parents. There will be times when we just blow it. And when those times happen, we have the responsibility uh, to own our actions and model it. Uh, I've told, told the story about how Amy and I blew it uh, as parents, um, you know, when Ethan started driving and how we didn't trust him. Uh, in, a, in a time when we should have, and we had to own that. Uh, we, we absolutely had to own it. So sometimes owning it looks like us asking for forgiveness. Um, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that, that episode of this podcast. Uh, I thought it's probably one of the better ones. Um, other times it will be a result of us being held accountable by our employer. Uh, when that happens, we have to own our actions and take responsibility. Remember, much of what children learn is caught, not taught. And so if they see us making excuses in our personal lives, guess what they're going to do? They're going to make excuses in their personal lives too. So we have to show them what it looks like to take responsibility for ourselves and to own our own lives. Now, not making excuses for our kids uh, is probably the hardest thing I've had to learn as a parent. Beyond difficult. 
It's a principle I wish I had embraced earlier. It's one I wish I kind of had uncovered sooner. Uh, and I'm still, I'm still learning it, and I still catch myself being overly defensive when it comes to my kids. And, and it's, it's really hard. It's all a process. Um, so you know what? I, I'm going to keep trying, and, and I invite you to do so with me. Um, so let's, uh, I don't know, let's work together in, uh, you know, in holding our kids accountable and holding one, one, another, one another accountable as well. Uh, guys, thanks for thanks for listening. Again, I hope I hope this is encouraging. I hope this is helpful for you as you uh, process and and journey along as a parent, or or maybe as a future parent. These these principles will will be helpful. Um, but hey, uh, until next time, love well, my friends. Mm-hmm.